Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Holy Christmas. cow, we're back. <laughs> Today, I'm not going to say we have a very special episode, but we have a very interesting episode. I find it interesting. I think you're going to find it interesting. And uh, speaking of episodes, this one brought to you by our fine friends over at Benelli. You already knew they had the greatest shotguns in the world if you're not shooting a Benelli. Just, uh, just I don't quit. know what you're doing. Yeah, just quit. And then uh, <laughs> then they go and come out with an unbelievable rifle platform. What was that? Two years ago at SHOT Show, I believe, they did the unveiling of the Lupo. And uh, Clay has already harvested a bull elk with one, one shot. A lot to do with the shot uh, man himself. But, no, <laughs> good, good rifle. Yeah, you packed it around for a week and put it through its rigors, and I'm sure – yeah, we've tested it out on a lot of stuff now and putting it through, you know, quite a diff- quite a few different scenarios. And, I mean, it's held up. I've actually just, me and Jared were out sighting it in for, for my elk hunt, and I actually dropped it just to see what would happen. Because, you know, walking up in the hills in Nevada and stuff, and never know. And you don't want to be at 10,000 feet going, is my rifle on? Mm-hmm. You still want to have that confidence, right? So I actually did a couple drop tests. And that speaks to also the rifle and the scope. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it performed flawlessly. And, and being new, they, you know, they have a couple different calibers right now and they're and growing the line every year. This year, they're going to be coming out with a 243, a 6.5, and uh, I can't remember, the, maybe a 308. I can't remember all the different <clears throat> calibers are coming out. And, and uh, I just can't wait to see what they're growing because right now it's a badass rifle for sure. I love and it. I want to see what your. Clint's, uh, if he remembers his Italian, uh, I just was going to ask Alex, do you oh, know what? Lu- there you go. Clint, Clint already knows. What I, is Lupo? I know. I was you, everyone knows to... Lupo means yeah, in Italian? Wolf. That a boy. What, what is... But I went to the SHOT Show unveiling. Oh, That's not fair. <laughs> I would have never known. Lobo is it in Spanish, which I guess it's simple. Yep. You guys always tell me how. It's all based on Latin. Yes. Spanish yeah. and uh, Latin Italian leaders. are pretty close. But yeah, Lupo <laughs> only, only what an, and then there's a restaurant in town called the Cacino Cachina Lupo, which is Wolf's Kitchen or something, right? Mm-hmm. Or the, yep. Yeah. I know how a little about, bit. I know. You guys have taught me a little Italian. Lupa. Do you know what the significance Ooh, of that one is? That's what I Lupa. Say it again. In Boca de Lupa. In the mouth of the wolf? Yes. Would be which like means you're in it's danger. A way, it's a no. way of saying good luck. Good it's luck. another way of, a colloquial way of, you know, bona fortuna would be good luck. And they say in Boca de Lupo, and it has to do with their, like their mythology, the Roman mythology and stuff. It's a way of saying. In the mouth of the wolf, it's good luck. Good luck. Hmm. So next time somebody's going to I'm off on a hunt, this so tell them that. episode is brought to you by Webster's and Latin yeah. Italian languages. In local de lupo. <laughs> I think that 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 in Spanish that's the word for mouth too, right? Yeah, yeah. Boca, boca. Yeah. yeah, weird. Yeah, it's all Latin based. In case you got on here thinking we were going to talk about hunting, <laughs> we're going to talk about Spanish, Italian, English. Cool name, though, the wolf, you know, that's a cool name for in Roman mythology. Clint, we're going to test his uh, gray matter today. I could start to tell you about it, but I'd mess the story up. But it has to do with the, I believe they were two brothers. Two brothers that they're kind of the founders of Rome, you know, the original Rome. And something happened. One of them got eaten by a wolf. One of them got tested by a wolf and something about going in And raised by and, a wolf. Oh, no, that was Cain. Something about their the Roman <laughs> mythology and stuff. It's And that's where that says There's a very, uh, very famous uh, Roman story about, you know, being sent out to uh, slay the wolf and only those that can slay the wolf could join a very uh, unique group of uh, fighters. I think you're talking Greek. I think it's a made up story. 300. 300. (laughs) Sounded good and had a wolf in it. Before, as long as we're on Italian deal, we've been to Italy several times and I just got to say this one thing. One of the, one of the things that I, love and love talking about it's obviously it's got thousands of years of history right but the coolest thing in my mind is it's called uh boca de verda the mouth of truth the truth mouth and what would happen in roman times still today it's still sitting there it's a big ass six foot in diameter circles of marble or slate and it's this mouth with its mouth open sitting on a wall Okay, and in Roman times, if you were to get caught stealing or 
or robbery. I mean, anything in, in ancient times that you would have to be able to tell the truth, okay? And, and that they didn't have judge and jury back then. So what would happen was they would bring these people to this mouth of truth. And a guy was out front, and there was a guy behind the wall, behind the mouth, right? And they would put your hand through the mouth, through into the back of the wall. And they said, did you rob the store, right? And they're like, no. And if your hand didn't get cut off or chopped, what it, you know, bitten off basically, then you were sent free. You were, you know, you were innocent. And if your hand got chopped off, everyone no. would know that you were marked by, uh, you know, right hand being gone, basically. You know you were a burglar or a thief or whatever it was, right? But there was no, come to find out, there was no system of actually any evidence being presented. It was just some drunk guy behind the wall. And whenever he felt it necessary to cut somebody's hand off, he did it. So Try to was, scare it was, people. It, it was a form of crowd control and, yeah, and I have policing. A feeling most everybody got their hands chopped. And yeah. it, it was yeah. it was basically just hey, stop doing stuff and be good in our society. Basically, I and like that. <laughs> it was anyway. That was my co- one of the coolest that. things that I remember in Ro- in, being in Rome, seeing all the things that that you do, and you now you get to go there and take your picture with your somebody, hand. Somebody tickle your wrist, like you had to get your hand cut off. <laughs> anyway, that was cool. Could you live in Italy? Ooh. Live full time? No, not in Rome. It's just not like any other lifestyle. big city. Definitely not in our lifestyle. But on vacation yeah. for a couple of months, yes, yes. Why not live there briefly? I don't want to talk about this the whole time, but I don't, just I've like, never been, so I don't know. It's European just our lifestyle. And, yeah, you can just, they hunt like where our we have some family there that you don't. Uh, they don't shoot a lot with rival. They'll go shoot pig or hunt pigs, and they'll do it with knives. Hmm. So they'll just stock up on it and hunt with knives, but there's not a lot of hunting. So certain, with our lifestyle, areas, you, you probably know, a lot of fishing. fishing though, if you're on the coast, because yeah, they yeah. live right there on the yeah. coast. So anyway, if they're small. Hmm. I mean, it's a big. You live in a big city like Rome or Milan or something, or you live in small village type places, and it's just so throwback and cobblestone streets and the no technology siestas in the afternoon, and just uh, it's just a totally oh, yeah. different. Was lifestyle. that your cousin that came and lived with you a few years ago? Few. We had two of them four years apart. Students. No, no relation. But no, who was the oh. gal that was here not that long ago? Would have stayed been. at your house, or no, stayed at your mom's house. Would have been Marco's wife. Oh, Elena. Yes, 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 Elena. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Marco's Elena. We had two. We had Marco was a foreign exchange student when I was a senior in high school, and then his brother came ten years ten later years to stay later. with the parents. Marco and Lorenzo, which was Lorenzo's birthday the other day. If you're listening, uh, he's Lorenzo. not listening. Yeah. He Happy could be. He doesn't like hunting. Feliz cumpleaños. <laughs> Is that close? Boom cumpleaños. Sure. Oh, anyway, close. let's get to what we were talking about and what we were going to talk about today, which is what do we do with all our animals that we harvest if we don't take it to a taxidermy basically to get a full mount, body mount, shoulder mount, whatever it is, an actual mount? What do we do with... The hides, the skulls, the anything left over. What do we do? Well, I think what what do we do? Or, or here's an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're out hunting coyotes, you're not getting every single one of them mounted. Yeah, you know, of course. And and if you're selling the hides, you you, don't, you you might not have a memento to you know. You got a photo on your phone. Maybe, some guys don't even do that. But so we got the expert in the room, Clint Belding. What do we do with it? <laughs> These bleached skulls, man. Do it do it yourself. You know, European mount is I guess it's been coined lately, but just a cool Clint started doing this what five years ago more, maybe more? Well, yeah, for for we've done I mean, a we've long time. But. De- yeah, deer. I mean, we probably started doing it with deer, you know, you yeah, get a, yeah. you get a smaller deer and, and and learning how to bleach the skull and doing it the right way. That's been a decade ago for sure, yeah. plus. But the coyote skulls is definitely yeah yeah about the past six seven eight years, and you know prior to that I mean if you like you said you you sold the pelt or yeah went to a fur trade you know or, went to a fur trade I mean you can only have so many pelts hanging around you why take, would you yeah you make blankets out of it you yeah. only have so many coyote blankets you yeah. can do this you can do that but 
our buddy Tommy Sabini. I I always kind of go back to Tommy Sabini when it comes to the skulls because what I'm about to say, you, I think you might even we're going to talk about it. But I always think about our boy Tommy Sabini at our Duck Club canvas back here in Northern Nevada. If you go hunt with Tommy Sabini, every night he breaks open a bottle of wine, and depending on it, don't matter if you kill zero ducks. It don't kill if you if you limit out. But that night at dinner, that bottle is getting signed by everybody, dated by everybody, and what happened, the number of ducks were killed, what was going on, whatever happened, it's on that bottle. Mm -hmm. And if you go to his house or his duck clubhouse cabin, all those bottles are like a memento and a a written history of what what it is out there. And and that's kind of now going back to the skulls. You can take those bleached skulls and right there on the forehead or right on top of the cap, write the date, write what happened, who you're with, whatever you, memory you want to write on that mm-hmm. is is really cool. And now you can go back and immediately say that was that, and the uh, the memories just flood back, right? Yeah. No, I love those those wine bottles. Yeah. Uh, Tommy's the. I mean, I've seen other signed bottles. Don't don't get me wrong, yeah. but you know. To, to a guy that you know kind of pops a bottle of wine every every weekend or whatever out there and, and like you said he draws those little ducks on them and mm-hmm. yeah if you read them you know they'll say you know clay shot seven alex shot five clint shot seven you know uh banner day you know or yep. you know it'll or some of them say rained skunk shitty, but we had yeah, a hell of a night. terrible hunt but uh <laughs> dinner was unbelievable yeah. Super hungover at the draw, whatever, you know, it, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, uh, I, I've definitely seen your son's got a bleached, it was his first coyote, yeah, right? First Clint coyote bleached it out for him and then put his initials kind of in the in the dead dog walking font and yep. put the date that he got it and, and, a, and a piece of, it's really cool. And Yeah, I think if there's something to say about a memento in general to, you know, memories, hunting with your friends and having something years later to look back at, but there's something I think extra cool about the actual animal, you know, something, say even something from the hunt. I mean, we always try to get in the habit of picking up our casing after, after a a shot. So Mm -hmm. it can be part of, of the taxidermy mount that you got. But I mean, you got to have a lot of money like Les Nesbitt or something to, to mount every single animal and have that trophy. So short of that, there's there's other ways of, you know, fairly cheap economical ways. And it's kind of fun. You know, you learn as you go along and yep. you screw up a coyote pelt, uh, you know, flush it out, out flush it out. No big deal. You know, you lost a coyote pelt, but you, yeah. know, you practice a little bit and it is, it's a dirty business. I think that's probably the big thing with a lot of people is like, you know, bringing back, harvesting the, the, the meat off an animal and and doing enough to bring the, the the horns and the hide back for for a mount, but otherwise, you know, it's like a lot of people don't want to deal with it after the fact. After a yeah. few days go by, and um, you know, they drop it off at the taxidermist's office and let them handle it from there, and then pay them a bunch of money. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, several years ago, got into the the idea of well, I'll do a little bit of that work on my own. It's kind of fun. I don't. I would never. I don't. I wouldn't want to do it large scale but on a small scale like these these turkey skulls that i just did this last week it was kind of fun and that's the animal that's the animal that we harvested right there that's the one that goes right behind not only the footage that we captured filming the hunt but it's it's that you know it's the skull of that animal that 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 you can tie back to a memory and that's just a little extra cool i was i i think with the ease of you know, the camera on your phone now, you know, it kind of used to be like if you, if you brought a camera or you had a disposable camera, whatever, and you (laughs) took pictures and you had to take time to go get it developed, odds are you did something with it, right? You, you, you put it in a picture frame and you hung it or you had it, you know, uh, expanded or whatever, what they call blowing up or whatever. Now you take a hundred pictures with your phone. There's 12,000 pictures on my phone and I, that's the whole thing is like you're not going back and enjoying that if somebody asked you hey did you get a did you get a deer last year or an elk in your case you know you're gonna thumb you're gonna thumb through 400 videos of chase batting and then you're gonna find your elk photo and you're gonna show them but i challenge you you know eight years ago did you get a deer you know you're gonna go back to you know because i find all this crap on my phone 
you never just go look at it and enjoy it. I mean, how often do you just pull up your old pictures and scroll through them and enjoy it? Never. It's like a wedding album. Yeah. You never go back yeah, and look never. at it. Never. <laughs> it's like it's like filming the, the fireworks of the 4th of July. You're never going to look at them again. Now, if you go over to any of our houses, you know, and there's bleach coyote skulls sitting out and stuff like that, you know, people people will come by and go, oh, my God, what is that? Conversation piece, you know. Especially especially the predators, right? I mean, the turkeys. It's just something It's different, too, you know. I mean, most most guys through eons have a, you know, a shoulder-mounted antelope or deer or whatever on the wall, but then there's these other more unique things you could do. You know, I got to. I got the one mountain lion that I've gotten, you know, bleach that skull. Mm-hmm. I haven't put the money together to, to do something with the actual animal quite yet. But, you know, I've got that skull. And that's, I mean, every time I look at it, you know, it reminds you of that hunt. It's just a cool. Oh, yeah. It's just, and it's just different. And they're all different enough. I mean, we get done with this, with these turkey mounts. That's going to be, you know, it's pretty unique. Set yeah, of, I mean, set I, of, I'm looking forward yeah, to seeing those. Yeah, I saw the video. Well, the two things I was going to say is one, with bleaching it, it's really cool if you're into this, I guess, if you're not, you're not, but, um, I am where you actually, it's crazy to think that the bone structure Mm -hmm. of the animal, like in the, in the jaw of the coyote, how sensitive some of the bones are and how small some of them are. And the, and the nasal passages, how much is up in there. And the yeah. brain, it's crazy to the think bones on the eye yeah. sockets and, are. and these, and the turkeys, how small some of the bones are and how intricate these animals are to make them be able to do what they do obviously and live. That is really cool to me. And another thing is with, with a shoulder mount, there's only so much you can do, right? Put it on a wall, put it on a pencil mount, what, mm-hmm. what unless you have millions of dollars, you can make a whole Cabela scene, right? Like they do, like kind of less has. But for the average guys, it's it's every now and again you get your first deer, your best deer, your best out, whatever it is, that's on the wall, right? But with these skulls, you can incorporate them into so many things and make a whole art piece out of them, basically, where it's the skull. Maybe you trapped your biggest bobcat and you put an old worn out trap on there. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to do woodworking where I make Nevada signs and wherever we kill an animal, I'll make a backing of that in wood and, and take the first bullet. And now you have the skull, the bullet, the Nevada sign, whatever else, you know, you want to tell that story. And then maybe a plaque, get yeah, a pl- yeah. little golden plaque or a copper plaque made and with some of the particulates of it. And and that's it's, it's it's an awesome memory, like you're saying. It's a conversation piece. Chad has these tables where you have all these concert tickets and pictures and stuff. Wherever you sit at dinner, you kind of talk about that conversation piece where you're eating dinner. If you have friends over, you talk about that hunt. And the first thing is not about the kill, right? It's about everything else. No, that's I love that one. Is uh, I guess it's chances bull maybe, and and you put the bullet. Right in the actual, you know, spot on the map where the bull was killed. Yep. You know, and when you look at it from 10 feet away, you know, you obviously, obviously, you know, it's the state of Nevada. And, and obviously there's a big set of, you know, bull elkhorns on it. But then you see that little, you know, you see a little piece of silver and you go, look, what, what, what is this? You know, and, it, and I, that casing's yeah, what, a, a 300 you. short mag, you know. Yep. Right. Well, why, you know, it, it, what is this, uh, you know, is this on... What is this on? Is this on, you know, the town of Ely? No, that's where that bull got killed. You know, we put that into, into the, onto the map and, you know, you, that's literally the ridge where he fired the shot from that, that bullet is marked, right? And that's cool, man. And everybody that's looked at that, that piece there that's been in the house since that's been up, they obviously, the, the horns catch your attention, but that's what. Everybody's the like, bullet. You, you end up talking about that. Like, why'd you put the bullet right there? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like in a. That's where we killed it. Yeah. It's not like dead center, La- you know, or. That's not where, Reno that's not where Las Vegas is. Yeah, Reno. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, and that's what. That was very creative and very cool to. And that's what, you know, the, the woodworking part of it, you brought up an interesting point. I mean, not everybody can do that. Yeah. Um, but whatever you're, you know, you're you're a woodworker maybe somebody out there is a tile guy you know like coming up with that cool like uh what do you want to call it like a composite mount or you know i don't know i don't know what you call it like a like a compilation mount where piece of art yeah piece of art exactly basically you know if you if you know how to do 
shadow you know, boxes leather or, work or you yeah. know how to do whatever you know you can incorporate that skull and that spent round and you know whatever i i, I think our idea for these turkeys is i you know i've got a beard you know the skull coming two two spurs the fan and uh and and a spent and shell, shell yeah and and then you know if clay will bless me with a state of california even though I, I do not like the state of California <laughs> so much, but I guess I'll have to put Top it up on the wall. Top northern third's fine. Yeah. Nevada's armpit over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the northern part of it's really cool. But, you know, that'll be a cool, like, piece that, you know, somebody will, somebody in my house will look at that and think that that's cool, you know, and, and question and want to talk about versus I, if you didn't know I went turkey hunting ever, you would never even ask me about it, and, and I'm not going to – I don't have yeah. the – I don't have a mount up on the wall, so, yeah, it would just – be my own memory and Clint's memory, I guess. And, but and you can figure the the part of just taking the turkey or any any of these animals we're talking about. You know, full body turkey mount, send it off the taxidermist with some habitat. I mean, you're in depending on the taxidermist, you're in eight hundred, twelve hundred bucks. Oh, yep. And then if you, you so know, a do it yourself, some sweat equity. You ask you know, Clay to make time. you a pedestal wood mount for that mount. You know, yeah, sure. You're so. in that mount fifteen hundred bucks, two thousand bucks, easy. Easy. Yeah. And I mean. A turkey's a turkey's a turkey. You know what I mean? Sure. And I would make sure. the same argument with coyotes. There's definitely variations of both, right? You get darker coyotes, lighter yeah, coyotes, bigger coyotes. coyotes. First if I killed a black coyote, full body mount. For, I, I don't no want doubt. a skull. I, no doubt. Full but, body but mount. But at the same time, would, uh, to me, it's additionally cool if you end up spending the money on that. And I also got... Oh, this, I'd get this both. This is the skull, too. Yeah, I, I would mean, get both. It's yeah, worth, yeah. It's worth was, keeping. I, and, and, that's and what I was going to kind of say in earlier is you get to incorporate all the real you know did you shoot it with a bullet did you shoot, like like your um our archery bucks right yeah. you know, that's kind of when i started we started doing stuff i made a nevada sign and then i embossed a picture of us in black mm -hmm. and white on the wood and and now that's underneath it with your bow and air, your your arrow yep and you know, a bottle guy, of booze we drank bottle of booze we drank and little things like that but Along with the shoulder mount, yeah, you get the skull, you get some the hide. For years, in our um, arrowhead tables, we would have you know a hide of an antelope or a hide of a deer or whatever in our you know. So you, it's just really cool instead of just throwing it in the garbage or leaving it out there for the birds to peck at to come back and have memory for for sure. No, yeah. And I've uh, just the you know being a physical therapist, I've always been intrigued by the anatomy part. You were talking earlier about all the bones and you know having an idea of what that is and then you know it's pretty darn difficult on any of those animals to actually have it come out good. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. you're there's there's the most common way that that skulls are bleached is a bug box, you know, people that that you know have a space in their garage or somewhere like that, that or it's actually down stinky. at the local yeah. university or whatever <laughs> and actually have these these uh flesh beetles um you know chew on it and then you got to take it out at the right time because they'll start eating through the actual skull but then there's the boiling technique which like i say it's you know it's not the it's not the prettiest thing in the world and the smells are a little bit different and you know that kind of thing but by the at the end of the day that doing that process you also have a little bit more extra pride in the whole situation too right it's, it just brings another element not just the hunt and the story and all that but that's sitting there on my on my on my mount or on my shelf as a result of not paying a taxidermist to do it but you know i did that uh, i was did, just going to say eat the brain sorry i don't want to cut well, you off what They'll they eat, they go in there and eat, eat the brain? They'll eat anything. And then if you leave if you leave it in, oh, yeah. if you leave the skull in there too long, they'll actually start eating the bone. But what I'm saying is it, when you, when you and I don't know if you even know, but it, when you give that skull to one of those bug guys, do those bugs eat the brain yes. prior? Yeah. So you once they've, I imagine, done eating the brain, that would be when you pull it out, right? Because then they're going to move on to bone. And no, there, there's, other there's a bunch of tissue and yeah. meat. And, and, but that and would go first, right? Tendons. I would imagine they'd get into that brain pretty much right away. Oh, just right go away, like up its so spinal column so or whatever? Nice, think so about Think about like a easy watching a, watch a lion eat a fresh kill on the... What, what do they do? What's a lion do with a fresh kill on, this, on the Stomach. African Sahara? You go after the guts, the innards, and all that kind of stuff. And then they deal easy. with all that tough stuff Whoa. later on, so... Yeah, those bugs are going to get into the into the insides and the soft stuff right away. So you you would pull that out of a bug box, darn near ready to bleach. 
I imagine. I know you don't have one, but you're uh, yeah, guesstimate. You, yeah, you'd want them to pick it. You'd want them to pick it clean. The I last imagine thing there, comes off there's the a cartilage. fine line, like yeah. You, I'm sure they know. Just looking. The last thing that one comes last off, little booger, you know, of meat in the nose. Mm-hmm. Like okay, it's time no, to go. That stuff's usually gone. The, the, the last thing that really holds on with as far as as far as boiling and bleaching and stuff is a. Uh, it's like the cartilages, the stuff that's right next to the bones. That's the last stuff to really get off of the thing. Because that's tougher. Well, it's just, it's almost Mick, like a, t- it's, you know, it's ingrained in the bone and it just, it takes a little bit extra time to get that to come off. Talk us through doing uh, one, your method. You know, y- you can boil it down, Reader's, Reader's Digest version, but sure. for those that don't know how you do it, I, I, I saw an Instagram story of you doing those turkey schools, uh-huh. but so give us a little bit more detail on that. Yeah, maybe the maybe the coyote skull just because it's maybe it's the middle of a, a big game animal and then something as small as a turkey because that turkey and plus it's the first time I've ever done a bird like that so it's a little bit different. But in the field, you're just gonna essentially you know you're gonna decapitate the animal and just bring it back. You know, if you have the time in the field, you're gonna just gonna take off as much flesh as you possibly can, um, decapitate it up high right b- below the skull and and. Uh, get as much of the, the meat you and that's the other part of it you know you amazing how much muscle and meat and you know on the back of the neck and on the top of the skull and the jaws and all the stuff that 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 anatomy wise and so if you get all that stuff off um that's a pretty good starting point and as i mentioned on that video um the eyeballs like get the eyeballs out of it i boiled a few of them early on there's no way to get the brains out. I, I I can't say no way, but that's pretty darn difficult to get the brains out before you actually boil them. But the eyeballs stink. Really? I mean, you're just sitting there going, I mean, there's a certain smell to it. It's, you know, you're, you're boiling flesh, but the eyeballs have this extra, just not pleasant smell. So if you, if you take the time to work the eyeballs out of there, you essentially work your water up to a boil. I put some salt in there. I dye salt and boil it. You know, coyote school, you're probably going to boil it, boil it for a good 20 minutes those turkeys was probably about 10 minutes. What? Let me stop you. How big were those turkeys eyes with no lids and stuff yeah, on it? They're see, pretty good because it's a big eye socket. That, and that's always, that's like I was saying earlier, that's always kind of intrigued me as far as, you know, I, you have a penchant for anatomy and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, you've always heard like a turkey, for example, their eyes are bigger than their brains. You know, their actual brain cavity <laughs> versus their eye sockets. And taking those skulls apart, you realize how far how big their eyeballs are their eyeballs com- i would imagine one eyeballs probably about as big as their brain really the two of them, it's crazy i mean the most of that skull most of that up above the beak and everything is is eyeball like the size of a marble or like the size of what a quarter oh really that i big? would say yeah by the time you get all the flesh out around the i'd say the eyeball itself the surface area of an eyeball and a turkey is probably getting close to a surface area of a quarter Wow, it's, they yeah, say it's quite deep down in there. They say that a coyote or a turkey. They say if a turkey could smell, you would never kill one because of how good their eyesight is. Yeah, right. Their eyes. Their yeah, they eyes got a bad. Sense. They got a bad handicap as far yeah. as not being able. If to If they smell went anything. downwind like a coyote, you would yeah. <laughs> you'd never kill them. All right, so back on track. So, you got iodized so, salt in your water. Yeah, you boil, boil it. Boil it down, and 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 that kind of helps. So. so you know, you've gotten home from a from a weekend hunt, a three day hunt. You got to go back to work and stuff like that. And if it's the winter time, that's fine. You get some freezing or whatever. But you can always throw something in the freezer. But you know, when you're going to boil something down, you and start to pick the meat apart, it's going to be room temperature, and you don't want that thing sitting there stinking and rotten and stuff. So you're going to boil it fairly quickly, and then uh, so eyeballs are out as much flesh off of it as you can, and then you essentially after your first boil you go to work on getting as much of it off of there with a pressure washer. Mm. So if you do it right, if you, then a lot of times it's, you can boil them too long. I'll get to, into that in a second, but you, you boil it down enough to where that flesh is going to start to separate from the bone. That's the first step. And that, if you hit it with a pressure washer, that's, I mean, I'll, you, probably 70% of the flesh and stuff starts working out of there. You flip the thing over the the mouth and the the underside is is a little bit different area with the gums and that tissue is a bit different then you have the the opening to the to the brain cavity so the brain stem area and um you know when you're getting brain out of an animal it's kind of a it's a different substance when it's been when it's been cooked when it's been boiled it's like a, gelatinous it's, no 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 it's just it's like a what's the what's the consistency of a cooked brain like it, a sponge I mean, in that situation you hit it with the pressure washer and it comes out into this really white opaque kind of white Material it's completely different than any of the other material in the animal, huh. 
and that stuff just kind of pressure-wise just Ugh. works its way out of the brain stem and out of the eye sockets, any, any opening it can get out of. But once you get the brains out of there, now, now I, I put it back in the boil again. I add some hydrogen peroxide at that point. The hydrogen peroxide is meant to, to bleach the skull, but the hydrogen peroxide continues to help to break the flesh down. So you, you, if you never add the hydrogen peroxide, you're not, it's, you're just going to be working at the thing with a knife, with like a scalpel knife in your hands for a long period of time. So I do a second boil with, with some hydrogen peroxide and some Dawn soap. The Dawn soap just essentially just what I was just talking about, the brain and all that connected degreases, tissues kind of greasy. So yeah. degreases it. So it just further helps kind of separate out all, all the, uh, all the stuff. And then I dump that water out because now that water is kind of. It's kind of grimy and stinky. It's got a lot of those oils that have been pulled out of the tissue in the water. And then at that point, I, I hit it with the pressure washer again. But at the, you don't want to start hitting it with the pressure washer too much when you get up into like the nasal cavity, up through the mouth and stuff, because that's where those really thin bones are. And that water pressure will just break all of it. You'll essentially just break it all loose. And if you've ever seen a really well done mount, uh, European mount or something, you can look up that nasal cavity and you can see like a spider web, you know, all yeah. of those sinuses and stuff, all those really fine, intricate bones. That's somebody, that's probably a bug box most likely, but that's somebody who's worked with the pressure washer and knows what they're doing. Um, Cause otherwise you just kind of break that stuff down. And then, uh, yeah, then I kind of have a third boil. It's basically new water and basically a lot of hydrogen peroxide. I got to figure it's, it's not 50, 50, but it's probably like 60, 40. So that hydrogen peroxide, you just you if you have a lot of hydrogen peroxide, you don't boil it for too long. Uh, if you do, that hydrogen peroxide actually starts breaking the bone down, just like we were talking with the bugs. The bones will start to actually erode away and stuff. It starts eating at the bones. Hmm. So you you do a hydrogen peroxide at the end, and essentially you've you've got a pretty bleached skull. Most of the cartilage has started to work its way off, and you basically have a completed project. And then you let it sit, and then you uh, you use mop and glow. And just kind of brush some mop and glow on there, and that's what gives it that really shiny, pretty look at the really? end of there. Yeah. What? What kind of seals all? Because you have all these, you know, where the bones come together. You have all these, you know, Lines. Uh, sutures is what they're called, basically. So you have all these different sutures and things like that, and that mop and glow kind of helps to kind of seal everything up. So you wired the coyotes that you've done for me. You've always like wired the jaws on there. I used to do because that. that's cartilage or what? Well, it's just at some point. To you to get the 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 muscles and the flesh out, especially like think about like the roof of the mouth, like the gums, like the the tissue, the roof of the mouth. I mean, this stuff is just caked onto the bone. It's really hard to get off. So you you work enough of the flesh off of there, and you essentially just dis, dismember the jaw. You take it out of the socket. So now you got two different pieces. You're boiling down the saw separately yeah. or the jaw separately from the skull. Um, I, the wiring I, I, now you could just I mean I really like just gluing it just using just using hot glue yeah and you can open the mouth a little bit or whatever kind of pose you want with it um, but but, yeah. but I'm I guess what I was getting at is that that kind of connective tissue is going to be gone yeah. so oh, yeah. if you're keeping the bottom you jaw you've got to work some way into either like you said wire glue, glue yeah um, they fit back together because now you got a joint there yeah, so yeah. it fits back together but you have to and this goes for any taxidermy I mean I imagine maybe some old school taxidermists and stuff. We all know if we didn't get a very good taxidermist that, you know, the mounts start breaking down. Mm -hmm. You see an old mount, they're going to break down to a certain degree, but the ones that almost look like the bugs gotten to them, yeah, yeah. really, they didn't, they didn't clean the flesh off of it. You, you want to get every bit of flesh off of whatever you're doing taxidermy wise. If you leave yeah. anything behind, rot. it's going to rot. It's yeah. going to stink and it's going to rot. And so what, yeah. what holds the teeth in? Do you glue those in or they, they stay I, in? That's another one of those. That's it's just comes with line. practice. You know, if you boil it too long, it's not the it's not the worst thing in the world. Sometimes it's like with the coyotes, I actually prefer some of the teeth to fall out because if you don't boil it long enough, it's just so much work to get all those ends of the gums mm -hmm. and all the stuff there. So if a few teeth, a few of the canines fall out, you just glue them back into place. But, you you know, if every single tooth fell out, you probably boil the thing a little too long. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, everything everything fits back together. The jaw joint actually fits back together, and then you can you can pose it however you want. That's interesting. And you it's a, definitely an outside affair, huh? It's, it, the, the smell is not great. I don't want to turn people off from doing their own mounts, but you should be prepared. Yeah, you're not going to – I mean – 
I mean, I mean it, it smells like bad cooking. Not, smells like what? Yeah, it's it, it's, yeah, it's not flesh. terrible. It's not terrible. Like I said, I I've definitely noticed if you if you boil those eyes, it'll it'll stink you out there a little bit. It's not a pleasant smell. None of it's a pleasant smell, but it's it's much better if it's just, and just like anything. You think the more about you do it, it you kind of get used to it. <laughs> cooking, <laughs> Whatever cooking meat, but it is you're just boiling down the skull. So yeah. once you get after the first boil and you throw that first batch of water away, it's not all that bad at all. Really and isn't. and same with like you said, if it, if it's not winter time out there. And you're not going to do it that night. You want to throw that freezer skull into the freezer. Freeze it up. You don't want to boil rotten meat or, you know, stuff that's already started decomposing to that level. If you knew you couldn't get to it right away, you should put it in the freezer. Just freeze the whole dang thing. Just deep freeze it. And, of course, you're going to have to let it thaw out and then start the process of the boil. Um, but once you've boiled it, I mean, that's a thing is let's say you just have a, you know, you're home from work and the, that first step is all you've got time for. As long as you get that thing boiled down and maybe hit with the pressure washer, you leave that there. There's nothing. It's all, it's n- none of it's raw meat or. Yeah. yeah it's not going to rot. It's not going to that point. stuff. You have to watch out for the meat bees as far as getting on it. That's the one thing, you know, the meat bees, but as far as, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> the last ones we did a ton of meat bees came yeah, out meat and bees. they don't they don't mess with you i mean yeah, all they, they want, want is that meat, every once in a while they sting you <laughs> throw them a little but chunk I, of meat you know it, like you said earlier it's just a pride kind of deal you know it's kind of like fly fishing catching a fish with a tie you fly mm-hmm. tie you fly tie you fly fly you you know what i meant baby yoda no that's what i, I was going to bring this up to you the because there's, you know, hook, you know, uh, skull hooks and different ways to hang these these European mounts. And But another cool factor to what you guys do is that you actually go out and make a, a some kind of a wood background or some kind of a wooden frame. Or we discuss, you know, the, the photos on the wood. Another, you know. Yeah, there's an option out there to buy it, but how cool is it to do it yourself? When some, someone came over for dinner just a couple nights ago and asked me about the base that um, we did for the deer and that I made, and then Russ helped me do the concrete part of it, you know, because I'm not a concrete guy or yeah. what he does, but we kind of teamed up on that. And it was really prideful to say I had a little bit to do with it, you know, to make it or make the Nevada sign behind some of the stuff or chances deal, you know, kind of make that. If I was a, I can weld very little. I'm I'm just a very average welder. I can't do a lot of stuff. But woodworking, I'm pretty damn good at. So that's what I, you know, tend to do. So is so, Jesus. Hey, <laughs> no JC, better, no you're in good to, company. No one to better follow in footsteps. Pretty good JC. considering you whittled it out of a single piece of wood. <laughs> no, Classic. It, and I think that's what's cool. It, you know, like you said, it, it, I don't have a creative bone in my body when it comes to stuff like that. You know, I would I would have never thought to place a bullet where, where the my, – my dumb ass would have put that bullet on Reno because that's where I live, you know. But that's just, that's just me, you know. I just – I don't have that – You've got a you've got a knack for woodworking, and you know earlier maybe you're a tile setter, maybe you're a leather worker, maybe yeah, you're a welder. Does. You know, to add your own little piece of that flair, you know. But how difficult would it be? You know, if I wanted to learn woodworking, I mean, you've you've got to have a you've got a bunch of tools, you've got a a bunch of stuff like that. You know, it, it's difficult, right? There's some barriers to entry. With learning oh, how yeah, to do your sh- own background. For, for sure. I mean, obviously, if you're just getting into it, YouTube's an insane place to learn everything. But it's... Let me stop you there. If you're just getting into it, the price of wood is so high. Don't do it. You're not doing it right now. <laughs> Go ahead. YouTube. <laughs> I saw a quote-unquote meme the other day. that said it, um, it was an old picture of, like, two guys loading up, like, two pieces of plywood and four two-by-fours or whatever in the back of a... truck or trailer or something and it said god it was such a great deal to get this 2019 ford f-350 you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) for like four pieces of wood yeah i I saw (laughs) one uh anyway that said uh uh something to the effect of don't don't you just hate when when an mf or shows off his wealth and and it was two two pieces of osb in the back of a truck you know this guy's got two sheets you know <laughs> but in a, in a regular normal times in this world um the tools yes obviously are a big thing but once you have the tools 
it's really cool what you can do. With, well, and you've done wood. stuff with like pallets. I mean, which is cheaper wood. You've Basically, done stuff with. You can do free, yeah. Reclaimed with, wood that's out there in the world probably takes a little bit different skill set than. Yeah, you know, a little that, bit more but, time taking nails out and you know sanding and doing this and that, but you can get the wood for sure. But the the, the biggest costs are the tools. But once you have those. I mean, you're just not making wood stuff for that. You, you're like, oh, what can I make today? You picture frames and your coffee tables and whatever. So there's a lot of other stuff you can do with woodworking, but it's a very cool, rustic look, you know, redneck look, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, of woodworking. You know, um, burning the wood with a torch. You know, making it look distressed, distressed or put out, or whatever yeah. it is. There's a lot of Excuse me, a lot of cool little techniques that you can do to to make each one individual. Um, and to the person that you made it for, I've made it for quite a few people now, certain things. And you can individualize each one, putting their initials on something or burning in. You know, I have a I have an actual uh, branding iron for building for with, with a big B. So with Chase, I made Chase... Uh, a school project the other day, I was helping him with a school project making a wagon and I burned, branded the wagon with a big B for building. You know, just little things Is this like the that. wagon race? Thank goodness. It was the wagon I, race. I thought the you wagon were going to say you branded your son. Well, you know I, what of I course did? I did. That, just like uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah. He's in the club, bud. <laughs> Do you, are you familiar not having kids, Alex, with the wagon race? <laughs> well, we did, uh, we, did, we did balsa wood cars or whatever. What Fourth were those grade. ones that you yeah. had? The uh, pit pine, yeah, pine pine, uh, pine box racing. Uh, yeah, pine box racing. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. The, you have the ability to to build an, an old style, you know, stagecoach type deal. And, and then how do you chance, race it? Chance I cheated so bad. They have a hill at the school. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I, I did it Terrible on top parent. of the skateboard. <laughs> No, I'm such a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're supposed to build the wheels and the I bearings did. and all that stuff. I did it on top of a wheel, but or a, a, a skateboard. Caden, I did do a little bit more of a serious one. I, I made the. I I mean, obviously helped him. He helped me in what he wanted and stuff. But I made the wheels. I cut them out wood, sanded them all in perfect circles. No. Oh yeah, did everything. I'll show you a picture of it. How did how did it go down the hill? He won second place t to a guy who built it on a skateboard. Smart. Did, you win? <laughs> did, did your son <laughs> win when you cheated on that skateboard? He did not win. I think he got DQ'd. Yeah, oh, probably, good. We didn't get DQ'd because everything, you know, he can't. No, and I COVID. literally didn't even try to hide COVID. it. It was, I didn't even cut the edges of the skateboard. The, 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 you know, the you tails just, You glued a wagon on top of a skateboard. Wagon was pretty good. I mean, we did pretty good. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to. This thing's going to fall apart. I remember there was something with soapbox <laughs> racers is what they're called. Soapbox, right, there you go. We said pine box, yeah. soapbox. Uh, I remember there was something, like you weren't allowed to put weights in them or something. There was something. No, no extra rules. added weight. Yeah, and and I uh, I definitely tried to figure out how to drink. I had, you know, fishing weights, obviously, <laughs> and I was trying to figure out a way to get those fishing weights in there. Yeah. That's a... I, I was going to say something else that I noticed you guys did that I'd never caught before. I think you made a picture frame and then Clint wood burned it with like a, like I, a, a wood burner. Somebody did. I, that was our original I, arrowhead table. Originally, I took No, it, I just saw a photo of a, or is that where the wood came from? That's where the coyote. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so the frame. The, that's the frame of the coyote yeah. used to be our arrowhead table, which used to be a coffee table, which I repurposed. And cut out the center of the coffee table and built a shadow box underneath that table. And that's where we had our original arrowhead table. On an antelope pile. You know, you're on not allowed to keep pile. arrowheads. You, they no, were, they were passed down. Oh, yeah. You whittled them yourself. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, no better. Just like JC with my woodworking, I do uh, Sarah Winnemucca with my arrowheads. Was your girlfriend? <laughs> so he so now you turn that in from a coffee table to yes. a shadow so box. Shadow box that I built a shadow box underneath the table, cut out the center of the coffee table, and then it was a antelope hide. Then all the arrowheads. Mm -hmm. Then his wife got sick and tired of it. Well, before he goes to that, so the edges of the coffee oh, table, yeah, yeah, yeah. we we, yeah, yeah. we uh, sanded down, sanded them down, and and I did some artwork on the edges of because Clint's one hell all, of an artist. All I, I mean. It, there's an elk on there. It was on the wrong kind of wood because it faded over time. I did yeah. all the I did all, all the Nevada big animals. animals. Pronghorn antelope, Rocky mule Mountain deer, elk, mule deer, 
bighorn sheep, elk, uh, cutthroat trout. I said, you have a, was I there a rattlesnake? I think you have a rattlesnake. I, I did, thought there was I a rattlesnake. Like, I did. Let's go. See. I did petroglyphs. Hang on. Go. Um, go we'll confirm. Right we'll now. post this on the Instagram. Yeah. Hold on. I did a cutthroat trout. I did. A, oh, I did a, a native uh, pulling back a bow, kind of down in one of the corners. Got to be a coyote on there somewhere. And a coyote. Yeah, and, and then the shooting bone arrow, just like you said. Ooh, Ooh, camas the back camas duck, back decoy. duck decoy. Some coyotes. Couple coyotes. I just said there got to be those. Petroglyphs. Petroglyphs didn't. Elk. Elk. Hawks. Hawks. Uh, Mule deer. Big horn sheep. So the, it, it was a Nevada theme. I tried to <laughs> think really of all cool. the, the the Nevada, you know, the big horn sheep. Is our state animal, right? But should have done a mountain blue jay. So <laughs> it, uh, it, did I not do that? On no, that? he said there was an eagle on there. It might be. An no, it's an eagle for sure. No, I didn't go with the, like all the you know I didn't do the state pinion, animal, the pinion pine and all that, but you know. But, but then, those so, are yeah. all those are all recreations of the pet you know different petroglyphs yeah, that yeah, are found awesome. in Nevada. So, so then he did that. So that sat in the living room up at his house for quite a few years, and then I don't know, maybe ten years. So yeah. my wife didn't want a coffee table anymore. It was yeah. in the way. <laughs> so mm-hmm. instead of getting rid of it all, we just cut off the shadow box and the legs and, fr- and took the frame. He didn't and, do any of this. I did well, this because I made it into a gift for him with his triple coyote. The triple coyote from a couple of years ago. He drew, he drew it in pencil. And maybe we'll take a picture of it and post we it. We already but, posted it. It's the one we posted. Oh. We'll post it again. We'll post yeah. it again. Uh, sure will. But it's a picture. So now that picture that he drew is in the frame that he, what would you call that? Hot, hot scrolled? Woodburned. Woodburned. It's a repurposed coffee table into an arrowhead <laughs> table, repurposed into a picture frame. There you go. Gifted. That's utilitarian. Gifted right there. into brother. a picture. And then who who has it is a person who had nothing to do with it. It's at Chad's house in, in well, not really Chad's house, it's but in, Clay's in the office. shop. It's in my office. The gift was to Chad or to Clay? Clay. It's to me, but it's, it, I guess you it's hung in here, yeah. That's nice. You're Chad's giving my, soul. Chad's got my <laughs> painting of my coyote. We'll have to post yeah. that painting. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was my that was my wedding gift to him. Clint had a wedding gift for me, which was um, five... Five six seven May sixth of two thousand seven. No oh six oh seven oh eight. He doesn't even. Remember oh my when god! Oh six seven eight. That's right. June seventh two thousand eight. Not May sixth. Don, 7th. if you're listening, Paul tells you how committed he was to that one. Six seven. Well, that's why I'm divorced. Yeah, that's right. But uh, six seven eight June seventh two thousand eight. Clint, just like Chad, got a present. I was supposed to get. I think a fly fisherman, maybe fishing in a river or something. I don't like fishing. Never I, completed it. I still never started. Ne- it. Never, never even start that. Well, I shit. should have known when that you were was... divorced before the guy could even get started. <laughs> oh, on. I, was <laughs> I was married for ten, ye- <laughs> ten years. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> might might have felt like ten years. Fly fisherman standing in the river never but, happened. But he ended up getting that. Uh, wedding gift postponed to his 40th birthday party. So how many years is that? That's when right. You yeah. So what'd you end up getting? <laughs> that coyote picture. Oh, that's it. That was my present because he didn't make the actual wedding present oh, of the fly fisherman. So you it, know how many presents Chad or Clay have given me in their life? Oh, Not many. Huh? So GFY. He made the zero symbol for all you out there. Yeah. Well, Clay will make you something out of wood. I don't know what Chad will do for you. He's He uses all my tools at his house. That's oh, all the present that he get. That's nice. That is nice of you. <laughs> I I guess I hope that you all learned a bunch about how much more creative you can be, or go my route and have a bunch of creative friends. Yeah, it's I, like it's like a boat, right? You yeah. don't want to own a boat. You want friends with boat. Right. I'm not talking about hunting boats. I'm talking about like like ski boats, ski boats, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. It, if it. Floats, flies, or you, you better off renting it. Uh, no, but it, I think it's, it's, I hope we shed some light on and maybe inspired some people to get into woodworking, get into bleaching skulls, and gave another avenue of keeping a nice momentum of your hunt without getting everything mounted. Because, like yeah, it, Clint said, you know, you, 
even if you had a ton of money, you're not going to mount every coyote you kill. You're not yeah. going to mount every turkey you kill. You know, they're all kind of the same bobcat. You know, you, you could go on and on about, you know, obviously if you kill a big mule deer, you're going to want to save some money or you get a mountain lion or bear, or, you know, your elk, your once in a lifetime sheep. Those, those things deserve whatever mount you can afford yeah. to give them, you know, but yeah. probably. But I'd say from this moment on, any any big, any animal that, that we harvest you know we in this room and, and my kids or anything like that i i have intentions of keeping every skull and having at least one skull of as many of them as i can that's one of my newer goals you know i haven't done it for years and years and so no and, know, I, and a I, duck i'm gonna do you know any anything that we well, I mean, duck just, skulls you know, are get insanely some, get cool some skulls. It's just yeah a, it's a cool little Especially, skill to have you get a you get a uh drake mallard with that bright yellow bill you know and I don't know how much of the color would stay on it when you did. It's got it. Probably you'd have to repaint it. Repaint it. Yes. All right. But it's really cool. Good Duck thing you're school. an artist. <laughs> yeah. You gonna have to repaint them turkey well, bills. But at the same time, there's something to say about because I thought about that with this uh, with this turkey. Um, you know, there's just something to say about that. Just bleach. It's just it's a cool look because the yeah. the, the there's a covering of their mm. of their beak. You know that it's gonna pull off. Oh, it's kind of like a cartilage that, yeah. that, that pulls off. So you're getting down to basically bone and slash cartilage. So. I kind of like the, that look. Yeah, no, it's worth cool. painting something, you know. No, it's really cool. And and when people come over for dinner, it's just a little more sense of pride than yeah. oh, yeah. Joe the taxidermist did it versus well, you, I did it. You, yeah. you do that, you still have that bottle of wine, and then you just throw the bo- bottle of wine in the recycle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't Full need that circle. anymore. Full circle gets Full onto a glass-free beach. Well, we're going to post some of our pictures of some of our artwork and bleachings and um, things like that. Send us some pictures of yours and uh, what else have you done and uh, that you've done yourself. Not so much a yes, DIY taxidermy. It's DIY. What have you done with some of your gated animals or fish? Whatever it is. Fish, squirrels, yeah. rabbits. <laughs> Everything. Anything. Um, let us see what you got. Yeah, I'm always looking for ideas. new ideas, yeah, for yeah. Sure. new little twists. Alex, you just sit back and do nothing. You'll right. just accept gifts and yeah, not give any ideas and not cook or I'll not sing just... your praises at the uh... yeah, sing our praises and drink some Bud Light. Uh-huh. And if anybody ever asks me if I did it, I'll say nope. My buddy Clint and Clay did it. <laughs> I'll give you all the credit. You can start, You can sign them. Yeah. Nope. Well, shoot. I think that's uh, that's enough for us. I think you get all you get out of this, unless Clint wants to add anything. No, I'm good. The, the skull bleaching machine over there, Clay, the woodworking machine, me, all praise to <laughs> those creative. And uh, if you haven't checked out that Benelli Lupo rifle yet, it's another thing to add to your to-do list, along with your DIY skull bleaching and woodworking. Is I can't remember the, I can't remember the exact gun. number, but they have like, Seven, eight, nine, five—I don't number of patents on the rifle. It's pretty. No, strange. when you it's when crazy. you check out that action, it, it's 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 not like a normal thing. It's yeah. very cool, very it's, smooth. So check that out it's for neat. sure. Check them out. If you're not shooting one of their shotguns, quit. <laughs> I don't know where else you could go from there. We appreciate you uh, tuning in, and we'll uh, yap at you later. See you down the road. <laughs> <laughs>